When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, we've got interviews, podcasts, and content on all sorts of subjects, from football, mental health, conspiracy theories, uh, MMA and boxing. We've also got our uh, individual series and unique series in uh, My Story, where we have guests from all walks of life. Uh, we take them through their life and career as they uh, go through their different memories, different uh, stories. Always a lot of fun. We've had uh, former England cricketer Chris Lewis, former Wales international defender Reese Weston, and uh, of course former WBO world champion Robbie Regan was our last uh, last guest. And uh, our next guest, which I recorded last night, is with uh, actor, writer, and broadcaster, the man who used to play Lofty in EastEnders, Mr. Tom Watt. Which I'm really looking forward to people seeing because uh, what a very interesting chap. And uh, we also have our show, unscripted and uncensored. This is where you, the people, get to choose the, the talking points and the questions for our guests. And we've had all sorts of guests on there. We've had Cage Warriors fighters, UFC fighters, footballers, actors, a band, and a stand-up comic, men, you know, many others. It's uh, very interesting because it always goes off the rails because you, the people, make the questions so they can be on anything. Uh, every Monday, we have a live football show, the Andy Campbell Show. Uh, every Wednesday is our... MMA and boxing show with former Cage Warriors champion Danny Batten providing the analysis. And, uh, and Friday, we have The Boot and the Limp, which is our adult-only conversa- uh, conversation and podcast with the uh, stand-up comic, Mr. Barry Phillips, who uh, actually recommended me, my guest tonight, uh, who is top MMA coach and, of course, uh, head coach at Shore MMA. It's uh, Mr. Richard Shaw. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I you say? How are you doing, mate? Thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm very, I'm very, I've been really excited to speak to you. And um, like we just had a couple of issues with my uh, my first choice software, and I was mortified. <laughs> but we got there in the end. Uh, technology, unfortunately, uh, 
in the, it's the world we live in now. We're all, you know, for things like podcasting and stuff like that, so reliant on technology uh, just to have guests now. You can't do in-person interviews or anything like that. You've got to rely on uh, Skype and Zoom and all these things, as you're going to find out because uh, you've, uh, you're entering the world of podcasting, I hear, I saw the other day. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to do something just to, just to kill a bit of time, do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm so used to having a, a manic lifestyle, you know, working day and night most days. I, so just, just something, you know, that I thought might be a bit of interest, and not just my students, but to MME supporters, MME practitioners um, across UK. Um, I've got some good links with some good, you know, good guys. I've just done the first one yesterday with um, Paul Jenkins, who for me is, you know, the the OG of Welsh yeah, MME, yeah. you know. Uh, and I've got some good guests signed up. I've got Joe Duffy coming on. Um, I haven't announced it yet, but I've got uh, Mike Edwards and then uh, Paddy Pimblett, who, who's been on yours, I believe. Yes, yes. Um, so we've, we've, we've got a good start, good start. Excellent. I hope you pass them on to me after you after they've been on yours as well. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just going to walk to the door, man. My dog yeah. is going mental. Just no, you are. It's all right. I um, yeah. As I was saying before, we had to change software. Um, obviously, I've had a lot of fighters uh, on my show. You know, I've had Cage Warriors guys like uh, uh, Oban and uh, Luke Shanks. I've recorded a show which hasn't come out yet. Um, We've had also Paddy, and then as well as that, we've had like your son Jack. We've had Brett Johns. Uh, we've had all seems like all the Welsh fighters at the moment, and we've had a couple of Welsh boxers as well. But the the Welsh combat uh, sports scene is exciting at the moment. There's so many uh, fighters who feel like they could really go on and make a big name for themselves. Yeah, I, I think it's across the board. I think boxing is strong in Wales at the moment as well as MMA. Um, you know, on the boxing scene, you've got you know Joe Cordina's coming through in a blaze of glory. Um, Liam Williams is doing really well, um, and I just think the MMA scene in particular. You know, when you think back to just over three years ago, we didn't have you know a Welsh fighter in the US, Joe Bellator. We've now got fighters representing. You know, we've got a Welsh Cage Warriors world champion. We've got fighters in Bellator, and we've got four fighters in the UFC. So it's it's good for the scene, but I also think as well. Those guys are at the pinnacle, but underneath, just just below at the grassroots level, we've we've got some real real talent coming through, and I think probably 24 months from now, you see quite a few more fighters on that uh, uh, that that UFC roster, I believe. Yeah, when I um, when I spoke to Oban, um, and well, it was one of the questions which came up is you know sort of who do you say who do you see from the Welsh scene going on? to you know to really push on and make a name for themselves um and i kind of half expected the guys who were perhaps knocking around you know cage warriors or eddie or bellator but um he mentioned a couple of guys who were not quite there yet but he said the talent underneath kind of the professional level just on the brink of turning professional maybe um, yeah. they're the ones who could be really really special which to me is as a welshman and as a and a, a big mma fan i'm so excited by that um, and I like I I was devastated that you know like Oban had a fight lined up. I think Jack had a fight lined up. Yeah. And obviously this this uh, pandemic unfortunately has put a stop to it. Hopefully, hopefully not for too long. Um, yeah. I did have one where someone sent me a question in. They um, they said the question is basically, and I don't think it's not from Oban. 
But um, it yeah. says it basically says uh, how good is Oban Elliot? Uh, funny enough, I, I was asked this question the other day. Um, he, he's got the potential to, to to go as far in the sport as he wants, right? You know, people forget his age as well. He's 22 years of age, which is, you know, yeah. a, a terrifying fact. You know, he's he's still a kid. Um, he's only three and over pro, but I mean, I think he's uh, seven and over amateur. You know, plus he's got a, a real strong kickboxing pedigree, you know, of competition. Um, I think, I, I, I believe in 18 months he'll be Cage Warriors world champion and knocking on the door of the UFC. And I mean, he's one of these fighters now, I'd have no hesitation putting him in with anybody in the, the, the top five in Europe at the moment. Um, but obviously, the nature of the game is you've got to build your record. And he's still only 3-0, and he's still only 22 years of age, no rush for him. Um, but, but I believe he will go on to be, to be like, a, you know, a, a global superstar, not just in, in the UK. I think worldwide, he's got that personality, he's got that... Um, that brashness about him when he's got that microphone in his hand, you know, he's got a real, a real good mix there, isn't he? You know, he's a talented, not just the talent, but he's got the, the gift of the gab and the, he sells himself really well. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. That is very important is to, to be able to kind of market yourself away from the cage, I guess. But um, I say that one of the things which impresses me a lot about Jack is the way he handles himself when people try and get under his skin on social media or whenever I see him speak publicly or whenever I see him reply to people on Twitter or whatever. Uh, And even when he came on my show and there was a couple of questions where people are, you know, the people are sending in questions. They're basically trying to get some sort of reaction, you know, for him to, or for not just him, but other fighters as well. They want to see fighters kind of criticize another fighter to create that rivalry. Um, and what's always impressed me about Jack is just the way he handles himself. He's really quite cool, cool, calm and collected, isn't he? But also, he seems like a very polite boy, which I think does him a lot of justice and you, indeed. Yeah, and, and you know, what, what, what I always say to people as well, as a fighter, if, if you're rising to the bait of social media and, um, you know, you're always going to have faceless people... You know, because you don't know them. They're not part and parcel of your day-to-day life. And they're always, as you said, trying to get a reaction. Um, there's an old saying, isn't it? Don't let anybody live in your, your head for, you know, rent-free. So I, I've brought him up just to ignore the critics, you know. And I, what I will say as well is if, if you're comfortable with yourself, if you've got self-confidence, if you know what you're doing is the right thing and the way you carry yourself is the right way, you shouldn't have any worries at all with regard to, um, you know, having to deal with internet trolls, you know what I mean? It shouldn't yeah, be yeah, to that bit, you know. But you know yeah, I'm proud of of how he's developed as a man more than what he is as a fighter, you know. So yeah, I, I think that you know, give me that type of fighter, a humble fighter that's um not constantly on internet battles. It, it takes up too much time and, and, and negative energy. Oh yeah, absolutely I mean a prime example of this um, just to quickly sort of sidetrack away from MMA slightly, is you saw uh, Carl Froch criticising uh, Joe Calzaghi the other day for his, I think he said something about his weight and his, his mental health or something like that. And someone, I, I don't even know who it was, I think it was a journalist, pointed out that Joe Calzaghi is, you know, he's a retired fighter. He's also lost both his parents in the space of yeah, a very yeah, short amount that. of time. Yeah. And Carl Froch has and obviously he lost his mum pretty recently and Carl Froch thought it was the appropriate time to kind of go chasing after him and I think if it was if there was no social media Carl Froch wouldn't have done that 
Um, no, uh, again, it, it, it's uh, as you said, the the generation of today is people are more interested on getting likes on Facebook, and um, you know, we live in a, a a very strange world at the moment where people are more interested on um, opinions of people online and. You know, let, let's be honest, Joe Kazai is 48 years of age. He's, for, for me, the greatest boxer to come, come from the UK. He's yep. one of the top five fighters I think the world has ever produced. And is he going to really concern himself with Carl Froch? No. Calling him out of 48, you know. Uh, I, I, I wonder, you know, I'd like to think Joe doesn't read too much into that sort of thing, but I do agree with what you're saying. It's, it's insensitive, isn't it? You know, yeah, it was um, needless. It was, and it was it's, no it's needless. You know, let's be honest. Carl has Carl Fox has probably done it for for publicity purposes and try and keep himself in the limelight. Maybe a little bit as a retired fighter. Is he feeling that pinch a little bit of he's not getting the spotlight like some of these young guys coming through? And what's the best way to do it? You know, ask Joe Kazagi, who's probably the most famous fighter from these shows to. To have a scrap, and, and he knows for well that's never going to happen. I mean, no. Why would Joe want to risk his legacy and come back at forty-eight years of age and, and, and fight another old man? I can't ever see it happening, to be honest. No, and I think the way I look at it is Joe Kazagi wasn't too flustered by um, Carl Froch when he was in his, you know, in his prime and when he was fighting. So I, I don't think he. I hope, I hope he's not too bothered by his words now. Um, no. And funny enough, and and and, and tr- trust me on this, a prime, a prime Joe Kazagi would school a prime. Oh God, yeah. Frog, and there's no doubt in my mind on that. And, and I've got a respect for Carl. I think he's a great fighter. I've really enjoyed those fights. But uh, you know, as in any combat sport, there's levels, and Kazagi was a level above anybody in that division. He was, yeah. Do you know we um, for the Danny Batten MMA show or the fight show? We obviously normally we talk current boxing and MMA each week, but there's none on. So we've. Um, last few weeks we've been reviewing and like a classic fight so we 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 doing um the ufc we started a ufc one we're up to i think the ufc three now and then we do like a classic boxing or mma fight on top of that each week so last week we did joe calzaghi versus uh roy jones jr which i forgot one how amazingly talented joe calzaghi is but also that fight Joe Kazagi, in my opinion, won all twelve rounds comfortably. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of the best um, one of, one of the best all round boxing performances I think I've ever seen. And yeah, that's saying something. Sorry, and, I, uh, and, and, and even then, he comes under criticism where people are going, "Oh, he's not fought a prime uh, Roy Jones Jr." Yeah, I, I think Kazagi in his prime would have beaten Roy Jones Jr. in his prime. You know, and it's, it's you know we'll never know, will we? But this sport's all about opinions. I just think he was too sharp. You know, Joe was a southpaw, which is always more difficult, I think. You know, I'm telling you as a coach, it's more difficult to prepare for a southpaw because they, they're not like your, your orthodox fighters. We can get in plenty of sparring partners. Um, but, you know, that, that performance even then when, you know, he was late 30s, it, it was outstanding, wasn't it? So I'd love to have seen them go at it in their primes mind, you know, but yeah, I, I, I settle for that. I agree. I think, I think Joe won every round on that fight. So... Seen as um, seen as I took us off on a bit of a tangent towards boxing, another one of the questions we had in was: Is there a particular boxer uh, from the UK or America um, that you think could make a successful jump to the to a MMA and vice versa? Mm. <laughs> it's a tricky one, isn't it? It, it is a tricky one because I, I, I've no idea that if they've got like a history of any sort of grappling or whatever. I know Enzo Macarelli was um, doing a bit of jiu-jitsu. I'm sure he got a blue belt 
you know, and he's making a comeback. So I think Enzo probably would do do all right because he's familiar with the grappling arts. Um, the only one is, that I'd be interested in seeing, I listened to his podcast the other day, funny enough, was um, Tyson Fury. I think that would be the only one I'd have any sort of interest because he's such a big athletic guy, you know, he's going to he's gonna be a problem on the feet for anyone, but can he stop that takedown? And that goes for any of the boxers, really. You know, you've seen it with James Tony and Randy Couture back in the day. Um, I think probably, and I, I'm not aware of any, but there's about to be some, you know, uh, American boxers out there that have, have wrestled in school and in college, probably, that pr- could probably transfer it across. But as for the UK, I mean, if you're an elite-level boxer in, in the UK, it usually means you've been doing it since you were a very, very young kid. So, um I, I can't really comment. I, I, no. I don't see it. They'd have to come and train for a good 18 months and work their, their wrestling and grappling pretty much every day for 18 months to even consider it. Do you, um, do you think that as MMA continues to grow, particularly in the UK now, you're, you know, you've, you're seeing schools like yours open um, and there's more opportunities for kids to learn uh, the kind of MMA skills. Um, do you think that there's more chance that boxers will start, like young boxers who are coming up, will start training in jiu-jitsu or wrestling or whatever it may be as a as part of their overall conditioning? No, not, no, I don't think they will. Not if they if they concentrate on a, a career in boxing, I think you know that's something you need to do every day. You know, yeah. Um, they'd be wasting time really learning some grappling and wrestling because it's not going to you know make them their fitness a little bit, but that would be it. And, you know, I'm yet to see a professional boxer that's not fit. And and there is, you know, there's levels, you know, we've had um, Gavin Reese come up uh, and do some coaching for the team for a few years. And, you know, when it came down to just purely boxing, you know, I've got some decent strikers in my team and nobody could get me a Gav, if, if I'm honest, you know. Um, and at the same time, Gav would probably be the first to admit if he, if he tried to spar MMA, you wouldn't be able to get close to the same guys that he no. was, was schooling. You know, they two, two totally different sports. Um, but no, I, I think you'll see a lot more guys that would have followed a career in boxing take up MMA possibly, but I don't see them cross-training to, to benefit their boxing career. Okay. Um, so we talked about, um, you know, the, the amount of talent within the, the, the pool of combat sports in, in Wales, both already, you know, in the big companies, but also underneath preparing to make that jump to professional how um, how important do you think it is that one of these uh, guys or girls goes on and becomes like a world champion in the in the UFC or in Bellator I suppose as well uh, not necessarily important but I think it will happen I think hundred percent and it, it might not be this generation that's in there now but um, as you said Oban touched on it in, in in his interview with yourself we got some young lads at our, our gym uh, uh, Levi Bachelors, your Kenzie Joneses, King Darcy's, uh, Ellis Westcott. So young, you know, uh, young lads aged between 17 and 19 that have been doing this since they were kids. Um, and they're going to be a new breed coming through. I mean, to watch them, if you watch some of their sparring in in, in the gym, you'd pay an entry fee. They're, they're levels above some of the high-level pros that you see on the circuit as well. Um, but there's no rush for them. So you, you see those guys, they'll do it the right way. And, they, they are probably going to be looking to get in the UFC in six, seven years' time, and they'll be in with a real shout, I think, of, of competing for gold, you know. So um, I also think the current crop, you know, uh, particularly with um, Brett and, uh, and Jack at Bantamweight, 
I think those two in particular are, you know, are in a position now they train with each other as well and you know they they're working off each other. Really believe that those those pair could could challenge anybody in the top five, you know, in a year or so. So I think it's we're in a good place at the moment, you know. We, underneath that then you've got your your Ovan Elliott's, um your, your Ben Ellis's, these are young lads that are early on in their pro careers but have have got a real opportunity of of progressing all the way again into the USC. Mason Jones is now knocking on the door. He's another fantastic, well-rounded fighter. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, it's something that needs to happen, but I do believe that in the next five years, it'll be a Welsh fight to challenge him for a, for a world title, if not winning it. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, um, I, I think, I forget who it was. I, in his, one of the shows, with, which I did with one of the fighters, they asked, they turned the question on me and they said, if you could pick one Welsh fighter which you think will go on and be a champion in the UFC, who do you think it is? And I said, if you put me on the spot, I'd say, I say, and I went with Jack. Yeah. Um, but, um, and I do, I kind of stick by that as well. And I think you could see how highly rated Dana, uh, Dana White thinks of Jack just by the fact that he commented on him when he signed. He doesn't yeah. comment on every fighter. So. And again, oh, Jack's one of these. He's a new generation of fighters. He's he's been doing MMA as a sport. You know, he's not. You know, you see a lot of guys come into MMA. They've got a judo background or a kickboxing or a Thai background, um, and then they learn. But he's been learning all the facets of MMA: the grappling, the striking, the wrestling, since a very very young age. So some of the the levels now with these kids coming through, and you I mean, you, you know, look outside of the. Um, Outside of the UFC, I think John Phillips won the Bama World Title. Marshman's won a Bama Title and uh, a Cage Warriors World Title. Brett Johns won the Cage Warriors World Title and uh, Titan World Title. Jack Shaw's won a Cage Warriors World Title. Mason Jones has just become a, a World Title Challenge, uh, a World Title Champion as well. So, you know, there's there's good pedigree coming through now. You know, the the you know the, the Cage Warriors is not a massive jump up. You know, people seem to think that the, the step from Cage Warriors to, to UFC is huge. And I, I work closely with both organizations. And there's quite a few fighters on that Cage Warriors roster that could step up and more than more than manage a, a career in the UFC at this present time, no problem at all. Funny you should mention that. Um, I On last Friday, I interviewed uh, Luke Shanks, who was due to fight for the flyweight title on the last Cage Warriors uh, yeah, so card where Mason won. Um, and we were kind of talking about the UFC, uh, the flyweights there. And he said, if you asked, you know, if they phoned him tomorrow and they offered him a fight with any of those guys, like the top two or three, uh, like Cejudo and the two Brazilian lads, I forget their names and I don't want to get them wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. They, um, he basically said, look, I would take the fights if they offered them to me because I want to take that opportunity and I believe yeah. in myself. But he said, and I would trust myself to beat them. But he said, if you gave me like a proper fight camp and the time to train, I believe I could do it. But I think he said in a year, I believe I'll be at that level anyway. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you know, all fighters believe in themselves and they've got that confidence that they can go on and be the best. I understand that. But also, I think, like you say, I think sometimes people think that that jump is bigger than what it is. I mean, some people can go too soon. That, that, that you know, it, it, it is, you know, the UFC is the elite of the elite, isn't it? But 
you know, as long as you've managed your career and you, you've you've done your you've done your miles on the on the cage warrior circuit, for example, that them them fights on cage warriors will always always prepare you to be ready, as as has been shown with both Jacks, you know, Phillips and, and Brett. The, the the it's not a huge gulf in in, in the talent pool. I don't believe as long as you've you've done it. We we had opportunity to sign Jack for the USC when he was three and old. Uh, we declined that because it just wasn't the right time. It was a short notice call up. He'd have been in probably two fights and back out. We had another offer when he was, I think he was eight to zero, um, but he had a broken hand at the time. But it's still, we would have still knocked that back. Um, and right up until March last year as well, they they showed, you know, so three times they showed interest, but I wanted him to to defend the title because when you're fighting, particularly you know the, for the Welsh lads, they're fighting in front of four thousand fans in that Cardiff Ice Arena. You know, dealing with the news, dealing with that pressure, live televised events, it's a real fantastic stepping stone and, and, and a, a field of preparation to get you ready for the UFC. So when you go in there, you're not blinded by the bright lights. You know, you're used to fighting in front of a big audience. You're used to fighting on TV. You're used to social media trolls criticizing everything. You know, it's a real, real good. You know, apprenticeship is a way to use. It's a brilliant apprenticeship. So that when you make that step, you you should. As our Jack showed in his debut, it should be flawless and it should be smooth the transition. Oh yeah, what a debut that was as well. I thought, um, just quickly going back to Brett Johns, I thought Brett Johns' uh, return fight from his injury, this last one, I thought he was about as impressive as I've seen him. Brilliant. Um, you know, he was outstanding. Uh, uh, and I think they brought, they probably brought Brett in because that kid had come off the contender series and had won the contender. Probably brought Brett in as a... Um, not a step, it's not a wrong word, but like like a market to see just how good this kid is. I think yeah. USC probably thought the lad was going to win, and then they'd have another American they could market really, really well. Um, but Brett was outstanding on the night. Um, absolutely done a number, and you know, even more impressive finished him. So, you know, props to Brett. You know, Brett. Indeed, then yeah. I think you know, once this madness is all over, um, Brett's one or two fights from getting back into that top ten as well, I believe. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. Is um, is there any, do you um, do you follow any other kind of sports other than MMA and sort of boxing as well? No, not really. I used to be a big football fan, and um, I spent a lot of my time on Facebook trolling, trolling with the football. But I haven't really got a clue. I just uh, if I was to pick a team, it'd be Manchester United, and um, I just have have fun annoying the Liverpool fans because they, they take it so bloody serious, don't they? Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, but no, I'm not. You know, I. I'm honest, I couldn't care less if they, they went all over. What I will say is my favourite sportsman of all time is Roy Keane, which shocks a lot of people. It's not a fighter. If I had to select one person who I would say is a sport idol, mine is, is Roy Keane. So is that uh, like his mentality? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like his just, winning just, mentality? Just his, his winning mentality, his, his will to win. Is Again, he's another one. He's not bothered with social media or what anybody no. else thinks of him. As long as he's comfortable that what he's doing is correct. I find him, you know, some of the decisions he made in his career, you know, like walking away from that island team. It takes a brave man to do some of the things he's done, but he, he he's a man of integrity, and once he believes he's in the right, he'd stand by it. So I always had a lot of respect, and also, you know, he, he probably didn't have the skill factor of a, a Ronaldo or a Messi, but he went on to be one of the most important, you know, footballers in Manchester United's history. And I just love his directness as well. There's no bullshit with him, you know. He, yeah. he says what's on his mind, and give me somebody like that, Every day of the week against somebody who was a who was a lovely guy, but to say the right things to appease him. But yeah, yeah, one of my favourite things about him when, when even now when he's doing the pundits um, is like 
he just says what he thinks. There's yeah. no kind of skirting around the issue because it's live TV or he doesn't want to offend one side of the you know <laughs> the fans. He's just like, this is my opinion. This is what I think. That's what you, that's what, and that's what I want to see from pundits in all sports, whether it's MMA, football. Is I want to see honest opinions, not the kind of corporate, just general, don't want to rock the boat stuff. I want to, I want to hear what these ex-professionals, ex-fighters, ex-boxers, I want to hear what they think, not... He was a very honest player, though, wasn't he? You know, he, mm. he, 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 he like you said, he, he felt insulted when Ferguson sang his praises after that Juventus game because he felt that he should be giving that sort of effort and that he did give that effort. Even if he had a bad game, we were in for lack of trying, you know. So, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he he said something he'd like, been a good um, fighter. "He'd have been a good fighter, right?" Yeah. As well, he'd have well, been yeah. that sport. If some of the stories that to believe he was, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I can't. Uh, I I wanted to ask you a bit about um, like the sort of coaching you do with the with the lads. Um, obviously, with you got uh, Shore MMA. When did that open officially? The the facility. The new facility was um, November November two thousand and nineteen. So it was it was it's been brilliant. I mean, the numbers have doubled. It's it's been really, really, really thriving. And then this bloody pandemic's come along and just closed our doors. But hopefully, it'll just pick back up where it's where it's left off. And um, you know, it, it's going to be a tough couple of months financially because it was a big commitment. We invested a lot of money. It's not a cheap cheap place to run, and we still got bills to pay, even though there's no. There's no income coming through the door, but it started in November, and it was a realization of a dream. We we we've been I've been doing this as a coach since 2008. You know, we started off in a cellar under a nightclub, and to you know finally get two fighters in the UFC and open up a state of the art facility. You know, just shows that through hard work you you can achieve a dream. You know, and like I said, we got Brett up with us now training full time. So you know, we got three fighters competing in the UFC. We got a load of guys on the cage warrior scene. Chris Edwards, Josh Reed, um, Oban Elliott, Jordan Peake, to name some of the pros. I've got Jack Tucker, who's going to make a big impact now when he makes his pro debut. And as I said, I've got these youngsters like Kenzie, Levi, um, Kane, going to be absolutely... We, we've got a real strong team there right from the the UFC right down to our amateur. amateur. And I've got some kids here, so I, um, I, don't like, I don't like mentioning his name because... Uh, his head swells in size. Mm-hmm. I got a young kid there, Yoan, Yoan Thomas, who's fourteen, um, and I'll say it now: he, he will be a star in the UFC, and he's fourteen. I'm not wow. convinced that his his mindset will carry him through that difficult age of sixteen to nineteen, where sometimes you lose a lot of fighters because they, they get involved in drink and girls come along. But he's one of these kids. I think is going to be really, really good. I've got. Um, Young students, I've got Liam Davis, Harvey Tucker, Shea Daniels. These are all young lads that are 14 years of age. And, you know, if, if they knuckle down and they keep training hard and working hard, you know, they can, they can go as far as they want in the sport. Because now they've, they've got a, a state-of-the-art facility, they've got a world-class coaching team, and what they have is what the likes of Marshman and Jack Shaw have. They've got world-class teammates to train and improve and learn from, where... Marshman had to lead the way for us a little bit when he made his way into the UFC because he didn't have anybody at the gym to um, to, to try and be like, you know. So it's, it's a good time. If you want to be a, an MMA fighter, it's a fantastic purple patch at the moment in, in Wales. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, do you, do you um, 
is it just more for people who are at a kind of certain level or do you do like beginner no no i mean like my, my, my busiest classes are my jujitsu lessons you know and um we have a kids we have a kids um kids class a couple of times a week last for ages eight till 15 and then my jujitsu classes we average anything between 50 and 80 on the on the mat and that's an age range of from like 14 up to 50 you know i got UFC stars training alongside fifty-year-old men that just want to do a bit of fitness and a bit of uh, a bit of self-defense. So amazing, amazing. no, it's it's, uh, and I think you know what you find if you walk through doors of us is there's no clicks, there's no there's no egos. It's a real fun place to come and train, and it's an enjoyable place to train. We train hard. Don't get me wrong. If you've got a fight coming up, um, I I. I wheel the, the, the whip, you know, and uh, they've got a knuckle down, they've got to get on with it. But it's an enjoyable environment to, to play your trade, you know. So, no, if anybody's interested in doing some tie boxing, some, some, some grappling, or even just fitness, we've got a fitness centre which is open to the public, which is if you just want to go and do some cardio and strength and conditioning. Amazing. I'll put, um, I'll put a link in the description to your, uh, to your Facebook page um, so people can have a look as well. Because, you know, like for those kids, for instance to be able to spar with you know top top level guys is uh, an opportunity perhaps which not all you know not all young fighters of 14 13 will get well, the exactly. opportunity to do uh, and and those lads that want to want to take up mma i mean our jack takes an mma stroke wrestling class on a thursday for the 12 to 15 year olds in the team okay. where else can you go and get a current ufc star no, you know, t- teaching kids, you know, so it's it's a brilliant opportunity. We've got the blueprint. I mean, if you're serious about making a career in MMA, we've taken fighters from scratch with no no background in any sort of combat sports, and we put them into the the Premier League of Martial Arts. So, you know, we're doing something right. The thing is, that's good for um for for young guys, you know, because Jack's still quite young as well, and he um you know Jack Oban people like that help doing coaching themselves will help them as people as help them as fighters and and everything so it's it's good all around i wish they had something like that when i was a kid because i um i was all like half decent at football and i kind of got to like that like academy level and then i discovered girls and i went the other way because i didn't really have any other options i didn't think i was going to be good enough to go and be a professional footballer yeah. and i kind of knew that yeah so I didn't, and I, there wasn't really another anything else for me to fall back on. And I think, like MMA or like combat sports, I think that would have been really good for me at that age. But hindsight, as they say. But um, I'm glad that it's. Uh, I'm glad that you know there's more and more of these types of facilities popping up around the UK. But, um, but you're spoiled for choice in Wales. I mean, there's some fantastic academies out there. You know, Liu Long's got a brilliant academy, the the Matt Academy over in Pontypridd. The Chris Reese Academy over in Swansea, um, uh, Gareth Dummer from Tatami run, you know, has got the Nails Academy. There's some real, real quality, you know, right, right, right throughout Wales at the moment. Um, Paul Jenkins running Dogs of War, Craig Ewers. I, I can go on and on and on. There's, you know, wherever you are in South Wales, particularly West Wales, is there's plenty of options. Um, Brynn and Omi over at CF24 doing great things. So. There's an abundance of gyms. Uh, the talent, the talent pool of, of coaches available now for people to go and learn from, you know, is is on a par with anywhere now in Europe. So, 
you know, there's no excuse. And that was as good a time as any, even if it's just grappling, you know, the level of jujitsu in, um, in Wales is through the roof as well, you know, so something for everyone, as they say. Absolutely. I, um, and all these places, like pretty much all those places which you just named, have got top, not just the top level facilities, but top level coaches. Yeah. Um, so the question I wanted to finish with you really was sent, I can't take credit for it, it was sent in by um, uh, Jake. And he says, um, what is it like to be regarded as one of the best MMA coaches uh, in the UK, if not the world? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lovely compliment to have, but you know, it, it, it's not just me. It's an absolute, it's an absolute team effort. I mean, I've got a fantastic team of coaches. Like, and under one roof at my place, we've got um, Crew Heem, who's a, our Thai coach. You know, he's moved over to the UK from Thailand. He used to be one of the coaches over at AKA Thailand. 120 plus. Um, professional Thai fight so the guys are having as high level Thai, thai boxing tuition as they would get anywhere in the world I've got Carl Parker who's our wrestling and MMA coach and again um, I can't speak highly enough of Carl since he's been on board he's taken our wrestling to a, an absolute top level um, his, his eye for, for detail is second and then you know his experience he's been doing martial arts 25 years um, I got Daryl James, who's, who's my, you know, one of my jujitsu black belts, is, you know, bringing on the guys all the time in, in the gi and nogi. So it's a team effort, and uh, as much as um, I'd love to take the credit for it all, it's not. It's a team effort, you know. Even with the likes of our Jack, you know, we got Gary Lockett outside of the gym that helps out and, and has improved his striking. But it, it's a nice compliment. But at the end of the day, you know, I owe any sort of um, uh, compliment like that really to the to the commitment of the fighters because, you know, I might be the driver of the car, but I need a, a quality car to, to, to get there as such. And for a, yeah, of course. an analogy, but no, you know, I, I appreciate the kind words, but it's a real team effort for the coaches, but you know, the fighters play a part as well. You know, we, we got, like I said, if, if, if say Marshall or Jack Shaw, Brett, have got a fight in the UFC coming up, the other lads group together, your Josh Reed, your Chris Edwards is, you know, uh, your old bands, they're a team in every sense of the word, and I think that that has been key to the success as well. Not just not just the coaching, you know, the, the team environment and the willingness to help each other and support each other. Gary Lockett, that's a name uh, a name I haven't heard for a while. What a I big fan of him. He that is someone I would love to pick the brains of. Uh, mm. and, and, and Gary's gone superb, on from being like a class fighter to one of the best boxing coaches in the world. We're very very fortunate to have him working with he works with Liu Long he works with quite a few Welsh fighters in the, in the area um, he started to work with Oban now as well so um, I can't sing Gary's praises enough anybody out there that's looking to improve the science of boxing into their MMA game you know outside, you know, Gavin Reese is another one not far from our gym does a lot of work with some of the guys so you know He'd be good to have on a podcast, Gary. Character. I'd love to. I'd love to have him. I was just thinking then. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you to pass my number on to him. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. We'll <laughs> thank do. you. We'll do. He's um, yeah, and um, I, hopefully you can join my quest with. Uh, I've tried to. I've tried to get Jack and Oban and um, a couple of the other lads. My quest to get Jack Marshman to do a podcast, but uh, so far I've failed. But I keep sending him like tweets every now and again. Jack, come on the podcast, but he never he, replies. He, he, he never he's, replies. He's not always on Twitter. You're better off sending him a message on Instagram or 
or Facebook. You, you get back to you then, you will. I'll try that one. I'll try that one because um, I'm a big, big, well, I'm a big fan of all the Welsh boys. Like, and I, I just like talking. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, Richard, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm a bit gutted that we, uh, obviously, a bit shorter than what I was hoping for, but it's my fair, my software didn't work so it is what it is but um you are more than welcome to come back anytime i'd love to have you uh, for a chat and uh, best of luck with everything going forward my friend no problem thanks for having me on site good luck Please. with everything cheers, cheers see you safe Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.